Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. If I told you my story, you would hear hope. If I told you my story, you would hear love that never gave up. And if I told you my story, you would hear life, but it wasn't mine. Yeah. 
praising my Savior all the day long. It's time now to begin our reading in the New Testament. And our scripture today comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. Before we begin reading scripture today, let's take a look at some of the commentary, and that will prepare our hearts and minds to receive God's word with a little better understanding. Well, Gabriel appeared not only to Zechariah and to Mary, but also to the prophet Daniel more than 500 years earlier. Each time Gabriel appeared, he brought important messages from God. Now, don't think this angel Gabriel is 500 or 1,000 or 5,000 years old because he is timeless and ageless. He is an eternal being. Nazareth, uh, Joseph and Mary's hometown, was a long way from Jerusalem, the center of Jewish life and worship. Located on a major trade route, Nazareth was frequently visited by Gentile merchants and Roman soldiers. It was known for its independent and aloof attitude. Well, Jesus was born in Bethlehem but grew up in Nazareth. Nevertheless, the people of Nazareth would reject him as the Messiah. Mary was young, poor, female, all characteristics that, to the people of her day, would make her seem unusable by God for any major task. But God chose Mary for one of the most important acts of obedience he has ever demanded of anyone. Now, you may feel that your ability, experience, or education makes you an unlikely candidate for God's service. Don't limit God's choices. He can use you if you trust Him. Now, God's favor does not automatically bring instant success or fame. His blessing on Mary, the honor of being the mother of the Messiah, would lead to much pain. Her peers would ridicule her. Her fiancé would come close to leaving her. Her son would be rejected and murdered. But through her son would come the world's only hope. And this is why Mary has been praised by countless generations. Her submission was part of God's plan to bring about our salvation, yours and mine. If sorrow weighs you down and dims your hope, well, think of Mary and wait patiently for God to finish working out His plan. We'll also read about Jesus here today. Of course, Jesus, a Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua, was a common name meaning the Lord saves. Just as Joshua had led Israel into the promised land, so Jesus would lead his people into eternal life. The symbolism of his name was not lost on the people of his day, who took names seriously and saw them as a source of power. In Jesus' name, people were healed, demons were banished, and sins were forgiven. This is an exciting part of Scripture we're reading today, so let's get started in the New Testament. March 14th. The New Testament, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great 
and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord! How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior! For he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Psalm 57, verses 1 through 11. This psalm that we'll be reading here momentarily was probably written about David's reflections when he was hiding in a cave from Saul. You know, at times we may be surrounded by people who gossip about us or criticize us. Verbal cruelty can damage us as badly as physical abuse. Rather than answering with hateful words, we, like David, can talk with God about the problem. David's firm faith in God contrasted sharply with his enemies' loud lying and boasting. When confronted with verbal attacks, the best defense is simply to be quiet and praise God, realizing that our confidence is in His love and faithfulness. In times of suffering, don't turn inward to self-pity or outward to revenge, but turn upward to God. David calls out to his soul and his instruments to prepare for praise. Before a new day begins, he wants to you know, wake the dawn with his song honoring God's faithfulness. Instead of spending a sleepless night worrying about what he cannot change, he uses those wakeful hours to meditate on an expression suitable for the world. David's example shows us how to turn times of stress into times of blessing by considering God's faithfulness in comparison with our fleeting problems. Hey, why worry? when you can invest that time in praise. Psalm 57, 
verses 1 through 11. For the choir director, a psalm of David, regarding the time he fled from Saul and went into the cave, to be sung to the tune, Do Not Destroy. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by. I cry out to God Most High, to God who will fulfill His purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. Interlude My God will send forth His unfailing love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, and whose tongues cut like swords. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. My enemies have set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. Interlude My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 9 through 11. With their words, the godless destroy their friends, but knowledge will rescue the righteous. The whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. They shout for joy when the wicked die. Upright citizens are good for a city and make it prosper, but the talk of the wicked tears it apart.
speak peace so unexplainable I I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call Chuck Bowman, 34 years old, from Manchester, Ohio. Uh, I was raised by my grandpa and mom. I lost my grandpa at a pretty young age, and uh, I just kind of felt like the chains were broke. Uh, I started doing everything wrong. Uh, a lot of the music I listened to glorified doing a lot of stupid things, and uh, I just uh, was thought it was cool. I got uh, into a lot of stuff I shouldn't have lost control, and uh, it just ended up being broken. It ended up in leading me on a path that I shouldn't have taken. I knew at a young age that uh, I was called to do higher things. I knew God had always had his hand on me. He'd saved my life several, several times, and uh, I just knew God was chasing me, and uh, I just ran and ran and ran. And uh, I came to the refuge broken and lost, and uh, I was saved here. Pastor Mike prayed for me. And uh, that very night, I had an encounter with God. I was praying. I was laying in bed late at night, real late. And uh, I was praying to God that I just feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I just felt an overwhelm overwhelming hot flash and like tingles, cold chills all over my body and at the same time it was just so warm and peaceful and I, I was just laying in bed crying and uh, that night God really revealed himself to me and showed me you know showed me that there is a God and he's here with me and I can be at peace and be calm and uh, I don't have to be alone no more solitary isolated God's really he really 
He showed me how to forgive. He showed me how to forgive myself, forgive others. And he's just, he's really poured himself out since I've been here and blessed me. And uh, there's just ain't no other feeling of relief. And like I've just got so much off my chest. He's just poured out his blessings. All these guys, I've never felt such a form of acceptance and love and compassion from a group of guys in my life. And uh, he's just blessed me. And I just can't wait to see what he's got in store for me. I know he's always called me. He's chased me for years. I know he's got a higher calling. I just pray to myself every day where he wants me, where he wants me to be, what he wants me to do. No matter where it is, no matter what it is, I'm going to do it and live for him. And uh, he's just blessed me so much, filled me up with so much love and compassion, filled my void like no other no other thing, no other drug, no other nothing can do. And uh, I'm just so happy to be here. I'm so blessed to be here. With all these guys, it's just, it's just been great. Thank you. Hello, man. It's Pastor Delaney. Uh, you have to pardon the voice today. I've uh, been fighting the flu a little bit. We actually even missed a day of hanging out with you guys on Monday. Sorry about that. But uh, I was not someone you wanted to spend any time with, uh, with the fever and the coughing. So, But it's good to be with you today. And... Um, so grateful for all of you, grateful for the work that you're doing and the journey that you're on. Just want to continue to encourage you in that. And that's part of what today's uh, little talk or encouragement is about. Um, it's just to help you practically uh, think about a couple of things as you're on the journey. And this one is specific to making an appointment with God every day. Uh, being intentional about that. And I want you to think for a second what it would be like to be given a opportunity to meet somebody that you've always wanted to meet. Uh, maybe it's a famous uh, athlete, or if you're politically inclined, maybe it's one of the candidates that we've been listening to, or somebody in, in your sphere that it would just be beyond your wildest imagination to have a chance to have an appointment with them. And think about how you'd prepare for that. And how excited you'd be about that. And how, you know, you would look forward to that with great anticipation. And then I want you to take all of that that you would think about getting a chance to meet that person here. And then relate that to God. Think about how much God loves you. Think about how much he's already done for you. Even you guys that are down there in phase one in your first week. Uh, perhaps you were on the very brink of not being with us and God has offered you this opportunity. Now think about getting a chance to have an appointment with someone who is doing so much for you. And think about how you would want to prepare for that. Think about how you'd want to anticipate that. Think about how you'd want to look forward to that. And so with that in mind, I just want to give you some, some just practical things to think about. Because God is waiting every day, 24-7, 365, for you to pursue him, for you to discover him. He has his calendar wide open, his, his supernatural Franklin planner ready to uh, put you down for an appointment anytime that you want one. 
And so I'm just encouraging you to be intentional about that. Because realize that the more time that you spend with him, the more time you take with him, the more appointments that you make with him, the greater intimacy that you'll develop with him. And if you think that it might seem a little awkward to, you know, make an appointment or put something on your calendar to spend time with God, don't feel awkward about it. It's your daily time. It's your time with him. It's your opportunity to recognize his voice. It's your opportunity to have a meeting with someone who wants to be your friend, who has already called you his friend. And so I want to encourage you on a couple of levels. The first one is I want you to think about setting a consistent time and appointment with God every day. Uh, Maybe it's first thing in the morning. Maybe it's in the afternoon on your lunch break. Um, Maybe it's in the cool of the evening. Uh, The Lord used to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. But just start with something simple. Let's start with something like a half an hour. Carve it out. Time that you make an intentional appointment with God. And maybe if a half an hour seems overwhelming because you feel awkward, start with five or ten minutes. But do enough to just say, I'm not going to have any other distraction. I'm going to make this my appointment time. I'm carving this time out for the Lord. So I want you to carve out a special time. And then I think I want you to carve out a special place. Um, Is there a place where you can get away just for a second? You know, Jesus himself in Luke 5 talks about him getting away to lonely places to pray to the Father. Jesus recognized that it was important to get away to a place where he didn't have distraction, where he could uh, embrace the appointment time that he had with God. And so if it was a habit of Jesus, then it most certainly needs to be a habit of ours. And so set a time and then set a place. And that's going to require you to, you know, remove those distractions that could be there. And so... Matthew 6 says it this way. In the Message Bible it says, Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Often when we have other people around, we feel like we have to say the right things or act the right way. God doesn't want you to role play. He wants you to find that secluded place in that secluded and and appointed time. Don't role play before Him. Just be there. Simply and as honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift from you to God And then you'll start to feel his grace. So set an appointed time, set an appointed place, and then relax. You know, don't feel pressured that you've got to do something very specific or don't feel pressured to be religious. Um, Just be yourself and just go to God with what's going on. Be open with him. Be honest with him. Because Romans 12 kind of says it this way. And I love Peterson, and you guys know that the Message Bible speaks to me because it talks to me. It's in the language that um, I understand, and it really makes some of the sometimes complex things the Bible is saying a little more simple for someone like me. In Romans 12, you know, Paul's telling us exactly how to do this, this appointed time, this appointed place, and what's the conversation supposed to look like during my appointment with God. And he says it this way. Here's what I want you to do. Romans 12, 1 and 2. God helping you. Just taking your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, going to work, you're walking around life, and place it before God. Because embracing what God does for you is the best thing 
Think about this. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. So, don't come and become so well-adjusted to your culture that you don't fit into it without thinking. So don't be so distracted. Don't be so busy. Don't be so focused on other things that you don't realize that you haven't had this time with God today. Instead, he says, fix your attention on God in that appointed time and in that appointed place. And you'll be changed from the inside out. You'll readily recognize what he wants from you. You'll be able to quickly respond to it. And you'll be different from the culture that's around you, always wanting to drag you down into the distraction, dragging you down into the things that aren't about him. And by doing this, you'll be able to allow the Lord to lift you up, to mature you, as the rest of the passage says, to develop a well-formed maturity in you. So, here's what I want you to do. Appointed time, appointed place, relax. Make it natural. Eliminate the distractions. Have a conversation. God has already made you his friend. Just be a friend with him. I pray you guys have a great week. I pray that you'll apply some of this this week. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Take care, guys. Preacher riding on a midnight bus bound for Mexico. One was headed for vacation, one for higher education, and two of them were searching for lost souls. That driver never ever saw the stop sign, and eighteen wheelers can't stop on a dime. There are three wooden crosses on the right side of the highway Why there's not four of them, heaven only knows I guess it's not what you take when you leave this world behind you It's what you leave behind you when you go That farmer left the harvest a home in 80 acres The faith and love for growing things In his young son's heart And that teacher left her wisdom In the minds of lots of children And did her best to give them all a better start And that preacher whispered Can't you see the promised land? As he lay his blood-stained Bible in that hooker's hand There are three wooden crosses on the right side of the highway Why there's not four of them, heaven only knows I guess it's not what you take when you leave this world behind you It's what you leave behind you when you go that's the story that our preacher told last Sunday As he held that blood-stained Bible up For all of us to see He said, bless the farmer And the teacher And the preacher Who gave this Bible to my mama 
concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.